I'm not going to lie. I'm the loneliest I've ever been in my entire life. It's true. Uh, <clears throat> I tried to record this a couple weeks ago. Uh, I'm in Nashville right now. I've been down here for uh, about a month and a half. And about a month ago, about two weeks into being here, I tried to record one of these. And let me tell you, I was crying my eyes out. The footage exists. It'll never be released. Um, for a lot of reasons. And let me wind it back. Um, you know, it's like uh, Neil in Heat. It's a uh, Robert De Niro's character. He's like, I'm alone, but I'm not lonely. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, to a certain degree, uh, is is my case. The pandemic has destroyed, has changed most relationships. I mean, if you came out of this pandemic living the same lifestyle with the same people, uh, you, you weren't paying attention or you're, you're, you're going to find out, uh, the hard way. And that's not a bad thing, but people have just reevaluated like what is valuable. And I think being deprived of the most basic things of enjoyment, uh, the most basic amenities of the existing and modern society, uh, have made people very, very short with one another. So a lot of the casual relationships that I've had um, over the years, uh, a lot of them with women, um, but even platonic ones, people just simply don't have time for um, casual interactions, I feel like. And it's understandable, and I get it. And me, I don't look at, I don't, that doesn't mean I don't value um, the relationships and friendships that I've had, but I'm certainly more aloof because there was always some way to get stimulation, right? You know, before the pandemic, you could go anywhere, do anything, and nobody would, you know, think twice. There was no, uh, and even aside from the pandemic, you know, think about politics. You know, five or ten years ago, people didn't give a shit. Well, do you believe all lives matter, or do you believe black lives matter? Or do you believe in science, or do you don't believe in science? There's all these, these qualifiers now for connecting with people, and you feel it. And I'm, I'm trying to think, is it just me getting old and bitter or, like, I remember I drove into Minneapolis, like, seven, I was 27, so eight years ago. I drove into Minneapolis, Minnesota, didn't know a fucking soul, and I was in the parking lot of this uh, coffee shop that was closing, and I saw these girls, I was like, hey, uh, do, you, do you know where another coffee shop is? And they're like, oh yeah, uh, it's about like three miles that way, we're going, you, you want to come with us? I was like, what? I was like, Sure. So we go there, and we sit down. It's like their friend's restaurant. They end up buying me lunch, and, like, it just, I don't know. Maybe I was younger. Maybe I was in Minneapolis, not racist Tennessee. Um, but there's an openness that has died, I feel. And back to my point of feeling so lonely, um, and, again, this isn't like a woe is me lonely. It's profound. It's profound loneliness, like, even my dude friends, like, even those relationships are ending and changing. I mean, dudes I've known 15 years, you know, 18, almost 20 years, some of these guys, and people just, their their values and their preoccupations change, you know, or, or at 35, you know, your friends get married, they have kids. It's not just about the hang anymore, and a lot of us loners, which is what this message is, who this message is for, uh, I want you to know that you're not alone, because I can't be the only one who feels this sense of, like, musical chairs, you know? 
and I never thought it would be me, and this is the point where I started crying in the other video I did, I never thought I'd be the one who just didn't have any options. And, and, and options not in some sort of, you know, material uh, exploitive sense, but just like the ability to like, hey, you want to do something? You know, those uh, opportunities for me are, are wildly diminished because people's preoccupations and priorities have changed, and that's a good thing. Uh, I wish mine had as well. Uh, so yeah, it's just like, I don't know, it's weird. It's just seeing friends pair off and like, even of my like guy friends from high school, it's like all the dudes that like, even like, he's a very good man, but he's a man of great girth. And we always kind of tease him about that in high school and ironically, and here's my penance, you know, he's happily married, you know, living the good life from, you know, what social media tells you. And I never thought that, you know, good-looking, confident, you know, actor, model, comedian, Deval Culpepper would be the one sitting alone in a booth uh, in a city where he doesn't know anyone uh, crying into a camera because he no longer has any meaningful, deep connections. And that's largely by my own design. You know, driving across the country for a decade, not committing to anything or anyone, comes at a cost. And when you truly need connection, i.e. in the wake of a global pandemic and, uh, you know, entering your mid-30s where everything hurts and your mortality is greatly more uh, present in your mind. Um, yeah. It stings a bit. But again, to my loners out there, you're not alone. And that's who... And I, and I, I will never forgive our response to COVID for what, in my personal opinion, and could probably largely be backed up by statistical evidence, uh, was only fatal to a very select group of people in this country, you know, and the result of that is a guarded, closed off society, and it won't be like this forever, I hope, but I appreciate those who are like, fuck these masks, fuck these mandates, because psychologically, you are keeping people in a state of PTSD, which is what you're seeing now, even like, I mean, whatever, it's like, fuck the vaccine and all that, like, I hate that narrative, I don't even care about it anymore, but people still do, and you can still tell that people are afraid of one another and will be for a long time. So you pair the pandemic with the already divisive political landscape that we live in and you just have like a really shitty era. I don't know. I can't be the only one who feels this. Yeah. So that's my uh, that's where I'm at on the uh, personal no. I mean, I don't know. Nashville's great otherwise. You know, I'm doing a bunch of stand up uh, getting get my body worked on at some, you know, PT places, I'm walking around, uh, you know, I'm, I'm somewhat, more, I'm way more active than I was just sitting in upstate New York. Had a, uh, had a mug made for the, uh, the soon-to-be upstate New York Batcave. Um, but I'm lonely, and, you know, I don't know how to reconnect with, you know, I just I miss having a group, a crew, but it it doesn't make it's not possible. Well, it's difficult to rally people around chasing your dreams. You know, it's hard to explain to people that like, you know, your only preoccupation is coming up with a comedic thesis that you can share with the country to help try to reunite it because you believe this country is deeply at its heart, one of the best in the world and one of the few places where you can do anything. And you want to do that by getting into a Mercedes with your trunk full of your books 
like this shouldn't be this hard. I, I should be able to like have a quorum of people around me. And for so long I've had that, but these past few years it just seems like you know one by one people have just dropped off and faded away uh, as I've tried my hardest to both better myself uh, physically and mentally um, and pursue what I think it is that is right. And, you know, the problem is that there's no reward for that. You know, there's no reward for uh, gambling on your dreams, you know, because you might not fucking get anything out of it. You might just be asked out. You might just be a lonely man just sitting there like, well, I thought I was doing the right thing uh, at 65, you know, in a rocking chair with a blanket over your knees, overlooking a bubbling, a babbling brook and a mountain ranch house, uh, writing a book that no one will ever read. I know, I'm so fucking depressing. But I, but it's, I'm so filled with love and opportunity. But I just, now, I've learned so much at 35. I've learned so goddamn much. Uh, and now I don't have anyone to share it with, except for strangers at an open mic and comedy shows, which is fine. Two things. So I did a comedy show um, at this uh, arcade, The Updown in Nashville. And, you know, it was outside. It was fine. The audience was kind of... They're kind of lukewarm. They weren't bad, but, you know, some were drunk playing Jenga in the back, and others were just, like, uptight yuppies. And I'm doing my whole, like, you know, the United States, you know, my whole thing right now is that white conservatives and black people think the exact same thing, but the media is trying to create this narrative that we're somehow vastly different. So that's my act right now, and I just point out that black people and white conservatives love guns, Jesus, and hate gay people together. So I'm just like, why is there all this fighting? Uh... And then I go on to say that, you know, I blame all the division in this country on rich white liberals, typically rich white liberal women, uh, because they're all caught up with, you know, superficial racism. They're like, oh, my God, a 75-year-old white politician said something off color. And black people are like, yeah, you know, and it's like white liberal women, you know, try to uh, assert or try to, like, convince people that their victories are brown people's victories and it's just like what are you talking about like let's smash the patriarchy it's like oh the one you benefit from directly you mean the one that's paying off your student loans and co-signing on that mortgage that patriarchy it's like as a, i'm just doing my act now but the point is like as a black man can i get some patriarchy can i get paid 25 cents more an hour for a week and a half can i see how it goes first before we go decide to smash it i didn't get a vote uh and it's good shit it usually i mean you know it's people are people are responding to it but this particular audience was like Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, whatever. The next day, I went back to this venue, and um, there was this handsome lesbian sitting beside me. Um, and she, like, leaned over, and she's like, you were really funny last night. And she was the last person I thought would have um, thought I was funny. And she was Latina, I think. Um, but she pointed out to me, she's like, this, all these people, they're all daddy's money. You know? You're like, Devout, you're yelling at the people. You're calling out the people directly, and they hate it. So I felt vindicated somewhat. Um, and again, but that goes back to that lonely path. It's like, you know, I got off stage being like, this is fucking depressing. But in the, in the darkness, there was one person who was like, you're on the right path. So that thankless path towards your dream sucks <laughs> a lot. But it's like, what else can you do? Once you know that in your own heart, it's like, what, you're going to give up? You're going to go sit with some corporate job the rest of your life? And there was a girl that I've been seeing on and off for past, uh, it's been even more than five years now. Uh, and uh, that stopped. 
And she was this girl that I was trying to kind of grow up for, you know. I was trying to settle down uh, in a lot of ways, which is very unnatural to me. But this girl had a lot of qualities that I felt good about. And I was like, all right, well, maybe I should try this. Uh, but then I got really sick. I had, Ly- well, you know, I had Lyme disease and shit. And I didn't know at the time that I did. And I just, like, when I get sick or when I have a problem, I shut down. So I just didn't talk to her for a couple of weeks after my birthday when we hung out. And then a month later, when I got diagnosed with Lyme, she sent me an email being, like, it was titled, A Difficult Email. And then, like, the first line was, like, timing is everything. And I was just like, ugh. I didn't even read it. Didn't respond. Uh, I texted her the other week about there was that shooting in New York, and I just wanted to make sure she was all right. I knew she was all right. I just wanted to tell her that but you know it's a bummer but would it could it have worked you know doing this thing that I need to do that I feel I need to do could it have worked and I think you know the answer is ultimately no and then you know if that's the case there's nothing or one can't feel you know like there was any other path uh but it was a bummer, and, you know, I'd always kind of relied on this girl, and even when we weren't, you know, because, you know, she had gone off and, like, seen somebody else for a little while, um, we were on a break, kind of thing, um, but we always kept in touch, but this was the time, this is the first time where she was like, we gotta stop, we gotta stop this, which is, you know, back to that point of people changing, and people, and for the good, you know, she should, you know, if she wasn't getting what she needed, and I wasn't providing it, uh, and I wasn't getting what I needed ultimately, I guess, uh, there's no reason to continue it. So it's an interesting time. It's a transformative time, but transformation is often incredibly difficult and painful. And that's where I'm at, you know. I, uh, I don't know what is good to do now, but certainly the old structures of... Um, anything and patterns that made us happy in the past we can't rely on them as much anymore and if you're a person out there who's still banging their head after this pandemic and kind of looking around being like what the same what this don't feel right you're not wrong to feel that and i think a lot of us should try to explore getting out of the old habits and patterns of what we used to do before the pandemic to try to find new ways to make us happy because if you just go back to what you were doing before March t- March 2020, uh, it, it probably ain't going to work. Because nothing works like it used to. And it's not going to if it ever works like that again. So, I don't know. Uh, the pursuit of happiness is a, uh, a rough one. But, uh, again, I feel better-ish, kind of. Uh... I don't know how much longer I intend to be here. Uh, people are just so fucking guarded here. It's weird. I don't know if I'm just a narcissist or if everyone's racist. I can't tell. I can't tell if everyone's racist or I'm just a narcissist. That's the better way to tell the joke. Um, like, even, like, some of the comedians in town, like, some of the women folk, I'm not hitting on them. I'm, li- I'm like, that, like, there's a scene in, Le- there's a deleted scene in Lethal Weapon where Riggs pays a prostitute to watch the three stooges with him that's where i'm at i'm just looking for some fucking company you know i'm I'm, i've given up on like getting any like fucking romance out of anyone 
I'm just like, I just want someone to hang out with. And it, like people just aren't having it. Like, if they don't know you, they're like, nah, I don't know about that. Like, there's a girl, I shouldn't say this, but, well, there's a girl in the comedy scene who's in a wheelchair, and, like, after a show, like, her and two other comics were just kind of, like, talking, and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm new to this part of town, never been here, you guys, like, want to grab a drink or something? And, like, one of them, she goes, like, I, I think we're going to do a girls' night. I'm like, we're, we're still doing girls' night in our fucking 30s? Like, I thought fucking gender didn't matter. Like, let's just, can we just get a fucking beer? Like, I'm not trying to, like, hit on anyone. I'm just, I'm fucking lonely. So, yeah, I was shot down by a girl in a weird wheelchair. Uh, I guess she thought I wasn't on her level. <laughs> oh, maybe that's why they don't like me. <laughs> Whatever. I don't know. I'll be okay. I'll be okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't know. Florida still seems nice. Everything's so fucking spread out there. I just want, like, a tiny little beach community with one comedy club, and I can just tell my jokes and just relax and get massaged. And just, why is it so fucking hard to find a peaceful place that isn't riddled with the guarded racist people? Every... I've been watching a lot of uh, 21 Jump Street. Just accidentally. Not even because of this, like, Johnny Depp, uh, Depp, this Johnny Depp trial. I just, 21 Jump Street's, like, an actually very interesting show to me. Anything else? I got a new car I love, C-Class Mercedes. It's so fucking comfortable. It's got lumbar support, adjustable lumbar support, heated seats. Oh, it is such a, if you have the means, it is highly choice. It is so choice. If you have the means, I highly recommend picking one up. It's Ferris Bueller. I'm 35, still trying to be Ferris Bueller, but I lost my Sloan. Please, 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 let me get what I want. Lord knows this will be the first time. I want Lord knows this will be the first I should have cut on that but I'm not going to um, because the movie it zooms in while he's looking at the painting <sighs> well my life continues to be a mess but it's a better mess I'd say uh, so this is ouch my 30s uh, I hope you guys are doing okay. I hope you have love and companionship and you don't take for granted the things that you have. Uh, I hope your health is well. Um, I hope, I hope, I hope you continue to hope because I just feel as I get a little bit older and a little bit wiser, I'm just overwhelmed with empathy and compassion and I just want to help people as best I can. And if you are a person who is suffering, if you are a person who struggles with suicidal ideation, or you someone who has lost your companions, your friends, your lovers, you must persist. There is something out there. You must find a way to persist. Or maybe you don't, you, you don't, not must, you should. Because I guarantee, I guarantee there's something on the other side of your pain.
not, not suicide. There's nothing on the other side. Wouldn't kill yourself. Don't do that. Uh, my car is really, I'm, I fucking make a ton of money. I drive a Mercedes. Can I get laid? Um, I'm very comfortable airing my problems. I, I don't, come to a comedy show. You'll hear all about them. All right, guys. This has been fun. My name is Deval Culpepper. This has been Ouch My 30s. Video podcast, video episode also. Available on anchor.com. Anchor FM. Yeah, can I get some voiceover auditions again, please? I get tons of voiceover auditions. I'm just not booking them. All right, back to the corporate job. Love you guys. Be well.